Hey y'all, this is Queer Walk the Podcast, the illustrious insurgent bi-weekly audio syllabus. And I am Nikita, aka Uncle Nucky, aka Keith the Freak, aka Shortstack, aka Nikita Alize. So um if you can't tell by now, it's just me, just for um this part of the podcast, but do not fear, fret not, you all will get to hear from Money a little bit later in the episode. It's been a minute since I have uh, been on the show. Um, I hope you all have missed me. Um, I have missed you all. Um, Who am I this week? I am Nikita And I just think that I am your friendly neighborhood, stark, raving homosexual. Yeah, I just feel, there are these moments that hit me where I'm just like, oh my God, I'm just like so gay and I'm just like so happy to be gay or also a stark, raving homosexual. So without further ado, I will say, drop the intro. This illustrious insurgent bi-weekly audio syllabus is from Truth, uh, one half of Mother Nature. And we know how much you all love the intro. So you can listen to uh, Mother Nature's new album, Portals. And we have a link to that on Spotify. So go ahead, uh, listen to that and uh, support them. So um, you can find us on all the social media things. So on IG and on Twitter, you can find us at QueerWalk, P-O-D, QueerWalk Pod. You can also find us on the Book of Faces, facebook.com slash QueerWalk, P-O-D. You can find us on Tumblr, where this whole shebang began, and that is QueerWalk.com. So that's all of our social media stuff. And you might think, oh my God, How can I listen to this? Because maybe you're in the car with a friend or, you know, maybe you've listened to it with somebody else. You're like, how do I find this myself? Well, (laughs) aren't you in luck? Because I am about to tell you. You can listen to us on 
Pocket Cast, CastBox, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and other major platforms where you can find podcasts except for Spotify. So, Money and I are the hosts of this program, but we would not be able to do it without you all, the community. So, I'm going to tell you how you can contribute to this here community. There are two ways you can contribute. You can donate by going to our cash app, dollar sign, queer walk, P-O-D. So, you know, that's just a, a one-time donation, multiple-time donation, however, you know, however, however the spirit moves you to donate, right? So that could be, again, a one-time lump sum or whatever. There's also a way to be a sustainer of this here program, and that is by becoming a patron. So you can go to patreon.com slash queerwalkpod, and we have some suggested amounts of how much you can donate a month, but you can go beyond or below that. And again, that's just a monthly ongoing way for you to contribute to this here program. So those are the two financial ways, uh, you know, you can break us off a little bread to the Queer Walk program, but you can also do other things because it's like, we understand we are in the midst, <laughs> unfortunately, of a global pandemic and, you know, we are in economic uh, tough times. So we understand. So again, do not fret. There are other ways you can contribute. And we like to say that you can love us out loud by doing the R's. What are the R's? <laughs> Pray tell, I'm going to tell you again. That is, you can rate us, you know, you can review us, you can request a topic, um, you can repost, retweet, and reply. So retweet the episodes and any other things that we tweet out and reply. This is uh, one of my personal favorites. This is where we get y'all's musings, thoughts, and insights on whatever we talked about or bumped our gums on on the episode. And remember, anytime you're talking about us, with us, or to us, we encourage you to use the hashtag, hashtag QueerWOC, to talk all things the podcast. And we also know that you all sometimes use the hashtag QueerWOCPOD. And lest we forget... These are more public-facing things that you can do. But, you know, I understand that some of you are like me. You know, you're introverts. You're shy. You're coquettish. So you want to send us something, you know, a little bit more personal, something a touch more private. Well, you can send whatever your private missives uh, compel you to send. You can shoot that right on to our Gmail, which is queerwalkpod at gmail.com so you can share a curved chronicle with us so curved chronicles that is just your dating woe or when if you have a topic you would like for us to discuss a burning question on your heart or mind or if you have a topic you know it's like y'all like hey money nikita what y'all think about x y and z again send that to our gmail at queerwalkpod at gmail.com so, um, something I want to say before I move on to our next topic is I just appreciate y'all, you know, so much in bearing with money. And I, uh, you know, sometimes usually it's both of us doing the show. Um, other times it's money doing the show by herself right now. It's me doing it. And, you know, capitalism, it doesn't just steal, you know, resources. It doesn't just steal lives, but Capitalism steals time, right? And so it's just so hard 
you know, money is swamped and bogged down with work. And usually when she's doing an episode, you know, by herself, it's because my time is stolen because I'm busy on the proverbial rig. And so she's right now, you know, under buried under a whole heap of papers and other, you know, professorial things <laughs> that she needs to do. So again, we just really appreciate y'all, you know, bearing with us as we go through these little, like, um, you know, these little queer walk idiosyncrasies, you know, and it's also difficult because, you know, I'm on night shift and, you know, she's there, she's on the West coast and there's a three hour difference. So, um, again, we appreciate y'all being flexible, you know, with us. So, uh, oh Lord, I feel like I need to add a segment on the show called Tales from the Rig because y'all, I just, I feel like this is the most, the last little jaunt I did was the most ridiculous job experience I've had from my lodging situation to the zany cast of characters that I was meeting on the job. Um, I'm not going to get too much into it, but the first night I was staying in this place that was a dump on Airbnb. This woman lied to me and I was just like, oh, this place is a mess. And then the final straw was some man downstairs. I mean, he got drunk and was just screaming from 10 p.m. till 4 p.m. and just laughing like a cartoon villain, screaming about the USA. And I was just like, okay, I got to get the hell up out of here. And so I in fact, proceeded to get the hell out of there. So I ended up staying in a hotel, you know, for the most part that ended up being fine, except for the last night that I was there. Like, what are the odds of this happening? So the last night I was there, um, I went to sleep late and I was like, so I got laid off, um, of the job in the evening, like at 6 PM. And then I was like, I should drive back home. And then I was like, no, I'll do the responsible thing. I'll go to bed, get a good night's rest, and then just leave first thing in the morning. So that was the plan. Y'all, I wake up to like blood curdling screams and knocking about in the next room over. I, it was Halloween and the people in the room next to me were having just this intense, another drunken fueled, just fighting, spewing, just, it was just outrageous. Some kind of brawl next door. Again, screaming and hollering. And then the next thing I hear, this woman screaming. She's like, if you keep it up, I will shoot you. And I was just like, oh, Lord, heavens to Bessie. Some white woman is going to open fire in the room next to me. The police got called. It was just a whole shebang. And so I'm like, how on earth is it that my trip was bookended by uh, white drunken nonsense at the beginning and at the end? And that's just the tip of the iceberg of all the wild shenanigans that were happening. Um, in my time away on the rig, just whew, just a hot, blazing, flaming mess. Anyhow, I live to tell the tale, and um, I'm here with you all. Ooh. So, moving on along to the queer walk, queer walk, queer walk of the week. Ooh, it's so nice to do that and not have money messing up are the synchronicity of that she always tries to blame it on me but she really be the one messing it up and you know i'm here by myself so i can finally set the record straight on that because she always try to blame it on me anywho so what is the queer walk slash queer pock of the week the queer walk slash queer pock of the week is the segment where we highlight 
amplify, celebrate, and give roses to a queer woman of color or a person of color who's doing the damn thing. And something that I've been um, saying to describe this segment is that it's the segment where we give roses to the queer walks and queer pox who are here um, with us because it's so important that people get their roses, you know, while they're still alive. So we have for this episode, I got two queer walks of the week that I want to um, highlight. So there's a, a really pressing issue that's happening here in upstate New York. So one of the queer walks of the week is Chanel Hines. So shout out to local um, organization, Black Hughes Pride. Black Hughes Pride is an organization based here in Syracuse, New York. And it's to celebrate, affirm, uplift, and amplify Black, POC, and Indigenous queer folks of color. So one of the organizers from the group, Razi, I found out about this ongoing um, case that's happening with a Black trans woman here in upstate New York named Chanel Hines. On Tuesday, this last Tuesday on November 3rd, so Chanel Hines is a Black trans woman, and unfortunately, uh, she was shot by her um, parole officer, and that happened in Canandaigua, New York. It's about an hour from Syracuse. And so according to witnesses that were there, um, she was backing away from uh, the parole officer and he just opened fire, opened seven shots of fire through her windshield. And so Chanel unfortunately was wounded um, in the chest by three uh, three bullets from the parole officer, uh, Jeffrey Smith's gun. So he shot her three times in the chest. And so to add insult to injury, she didn't receive any medical treatment for over um, an hour and a half. And it's really tough because, I mean, that is harrowing and traumatic to deal with. But on top of that, the family is having a really hard time um, getting details from the hospital where she's at. They're refusing to let um, anybody, you know, go see her and go be with her. We don't know. She's still in like critical um, condition right now. She's had to get multiple surgeries and it seems like she's got to get more surgeries. And so, like I said, um, no visitors um, have been um, permitted and they've only been letting her mom talk to her with these five minute, do these like five minute phone calls. And what's horrific about this is that they're not letting any, they've threatened Chanel by saying if she tells any of the details about what happened with um, to her mother or anybody via the phone, they um, they threatened to immediately um, disconnect the call, right? Um, and so, I mean, that's just dis- disgusting and disturbing. It's one thing. It's just sick that you experience something deeply traumatic as being shot multiple times in the chest by a parole officer. And then again, not being able to share those details with the people who love and care about you the most. Um, just unconscionable and barbaric. Something that uh, organizers and folks who know her and who are familiar with the case have been saying is that Chanel and others know that this parole officer uh, has a violent um, history. Again, that's not surprising because we know that these agents, it's not only is it an inherently violent institution, but of course it, it never surprises us that the individuals and the agents in these violent and barbaric institutions often have these violent and barbaric histories. Um Chanel, um, her mom uh, describes her as like, you know, a very gentle and sensitive um, person. And even if she wasn't, there's just no reason. There's just no justifiable reason why a parole officer should be shooting 
um, anyone. And, you know, this is just typical of the racist, transphobic, and sexist attacks that, unfortunately, that are just all too common um, against Black trans women. Uh, We have a link in the show notes. Uh, There's a GoFundMe because Chanel and the family desperately need um, an attorney to be able, you know, to be able to represent um, Chanel. There is some of the demands from the organizers. Uh, I'm going to read them to you right now. The demands are uh, that Chanel's mom should be able to have uh, immediate access to see and speak to her daughter, Chanel. Uh, The second demand is that Chanel should be recognized as a victim and all charges against her should be dropped. And there should be a full investigation opened on officer uh, Jeff Jeffrey Smith. He should be summarily terminated. Uh, charges should be filed um, against him for his actions. So um, there's a really good flyer, you know, that lays out what's happening. And again, we're going to put a link to the, the GoFundMe in the, in the show notes. And so we're going to donate from Queer Walk and we encourage you all to donate um, as you can. And as we find out more information, we'll be sure to share um, what's going on with um, Chanel Hines. And we just want you all to keep her, her and her family and her mama uplifted. You know, it's just so, it just, I just hate that we just continue to see, you know, these kinds of violences meted out against black trans women. They're just unjustifiable. And it's just like disgusting and it shouldn't, you know, this just should not be um, the case. And so again, Chanel is on our hearts and on our minds. And we know that there's, um, that I think people are going to, different organizers are going to Canandaigua, New York um, over the weekend. And they're going to do a press conference and a rally and a protest in front of the hospital uh, where Chanel is, again, just raising awareness and calling for these demands um, to be met. So be sure to share this um, information and share and donate and contribute to the the GoFundMe. And so uh, the second Queer Walk of the week for this episode is Juju from A Little Juju Podcast. And so Juju is somebody who we have um, talked about a lot um, and uplifted and celebrated on the show. And so at the top of the show, I mentioned that you would hear from Money a little bit later. Uh, Money is not alone uh, when you hear from her. Um, Money had the privilege and the honor to actually do an interview uh, with Juju. And so you'll get to hear that interview later on um, in the show. So I'm not going to give too much away about Juju because you learn so much from and about her um, in that really amazing and fantastic interview and conversation that she had with Money. So uh, Juju is um, a proud black girl <laughs> from Baltimore, uh, Maryland, and she also has ancestral roots in West Virginia, Virginia, South Carolina, and um, Alabama. It's so funny that her roots... Um, as I was reading that, you know, and she even talks about it in the interview, like where she's from, um, you can hear her little Southern accent, um, in the, in her interview. And it just made me smile, um, so much. And so Juju is a conjurer, a healer, a medium, a spiritual advisor, teacher, and a podcaster. And there's one of my favorite parts in the interview is, um, something, one of the things that we always talk about 
when we talk about Juju on the show and when you listen to her show, um, a little Juju podcast, something that becomes so abundantly and apparently clear is that Juju is a motherfucking teacher. They also talk about this in the um, in the interview. It's not just the fact that Juju is a teacher, but she's also a hardcore <laughs> and like serious researcher. And they spend some time in the interview talking about her process in terms of like how she gathers resources and materials and information um, on the pod on her podcast and how she, you know, she shares that information um, with us. So one of the things that I'm just so blown away by when it comes to Juju is like, she's got such deep reverence and respect for African traditional religions and like just the level and the depth of her knowledge base is just so astounding and amazing to me and it's clear that you know this is something that we talk about on the show it's like you don't have to be in these um it's not just the people in the academy and in these formal educational institutions those places don't have a monopoly on knowledge production and research and teaching because juju she's just so rigorous um, in her um, in her research and in her um, knowledge production and the way she again it's just, she just has so much reverence um, for these um, for the ways of knowing and the you know the spiritual practices and traditions of of our ancestors and it just comes so and it just comes through so much on her show and um, through the interview and that's that's just one of the things that I just have a, a great appreciation for it's also um important uh to note that juju's coming up on her um two-year anniversary on doing a little juju podcast she was also nominated for best spirituality and religion podcast um from the iheart radio awards in 2020 um something else uh that i think is really interesting that uh money and juju talk about in um in the interview and in the conversation is that Juju uh, has a BA in psychology and so I think they really have this really amazing and phenomenal discussion about what are the links between therapy and uh, like spiritual practices I just really thought that that was a really it was just really great to hear money uh a witchy bitch and Juju <laughs> a witchy bitch talk about again, this relationship between spirituality and therapy. I thought that that was really um, amazing. So Juju does, um, she does divinings and she does readings. She facilitates healing workshops. I feel like Juju is such such an autodidact. And it's not just the fact that she's, you know, learned all of this stuff and, you know, for her own like spiritual journey, but it just means so much um, to us and it's such a gift to us that she shares so much of that knowledge um, with the rest of us. You should be sure to um, support the work that she's doing by becoming a patron of the show, um, patreon.com slash jujubay, so J-U-J-U-B-A-E. And this is something she has on her um, Patreon that I thought was so wonderful. And so she says, I recently had to grapple with the fact that all work costs something. The universe is constructed on the concepts of give and take, up and down, dynamic exchange. And so I just, I just thought that that was so beautifully and so well put. You know, she's doing very serious, um, intentional, rigorous work, and in order to for her to continue to do that, like crit- critical work, I think it's important that we all, you know, support Juju. Um, you should follow her in the social media streets. <laughs> One of the things that Money says 
that is so true. I just love like on her um, Twitter presence. It's not just um, the fact that you get all of, you know, the insightful, deep, you know, spiritual analysis, insights, you know, research and discussion. But, you know, she's also, you know, she's a black girl. And so, you know, she's also hilarious. You know, she'd be talking about dating. And so, I don't know, I just think that she's just so witty, funny, you know, sharp, and um, she's she's just, it's just such a blessing to have her um, in our community. And, you know, I just learned so much from, from the interview. And I think, especially as somebody who isn't particularly religious or spiritual, I think something that, that Juju highlights that I love is that even though like whatever my own spiritual beliefs may or may not be, something that is critical to me that I've always said is that I am always going to have reverence and respect for all the tools that our ancestors use, you know, to try to get free. And that's, and that is such a key part of the way that, you know, Juju approaches, you know, spirituality, right? That, that, you know, our ancestors had insights and knowledge and practices, you know, that we should be looking back to and um, learning from. And so, again, there's so much more that, you know, you're going to be graced with and blessed with when, you know, you listen to the the interview and the conversation that Money has with her later on um, in the episode. So just so much love and appreciation for Juju. Something that I wanted to also mention is that one of the things that Money uh, mentioned is actually, so by the time this episode drops, so Thursday, the 12th, the following Thursday, so November 19th, Juju is doing a Hoodoo 101. And I'm going to drop a link to the Eventbrite in the show notes. So be sure to register for that. And I love the way that she describes <laughs> the Hoodoo 101 where um, it's, and again, this just, again, it just really goes to show like how serious, you know, the depth and the rigor, you know, that she has when it comes to understanding uh, traditional African uh, religions and spirituality. And so she says, this is not a how to do spells class, or this is how you work the roots, you know, kind of class. This is a historical and sociological assessment of, of how hoodoo has played an impactful role in American culture and honors the ancestors who made it so. So again, that just is a testament to the depth and the rigor and the rigorous way that she approaches this. So that's going to be November 19th, which is a Thursday from seven to nine. So 20 bucks. And again, make sure that you, um, you know, you register. And again, she's blessing us with so much information. It's, it's not, it's, it takes time, energy, and resources to do that work. So um, make sure you buy your ticket and, you know, be ready to be blessed by the wisdom and the magic that is Juju. All righty. So we're going to move it on along to the, I can't believe I'm about to do this. Community contributors. Yeah. Oh my God. We really have got to do something better than that. Anyway, so the community contributor segment is a segment where we highlight the contributions, you guessed it, from the community. So the new patrons for this week are, I don't know if that's Veronique or Veronique, but thank you so much for becoming a patron. And shout out to Candace. 
uh, Candace upped their monthly pledge. And shout out to the donations coming through on Cash App. Y'all, we just going to have to rename this segment the M. Martinez because yet again, here we have M. Martinez coming through, breaking us a little something off in the Cash App. So thank you to M. Martinez for always um, showing up in the Cash App. And shout out to Dan for dropping us a little something in the Cash App. And in our borders are fake shout out so this is the segment where montanique would usually demonstrate her woefully inadequate and terrible uh knowledge of geography but this is a segment where we like to highlight it's either small cities or cities that come up in our top um listenership on soundcloud that we haven't really seen in our top cities so we got we got a a good amount of new uh cities in our borders are fake shout outs so Shout out to Watoma, Wisconsin. I don't know what in the hell is going on in Watoma, but I'm just so glad that y'all are listening to Queer Walk. Queer Walk in Watoma. Queer Walk in Watoma, Wisconsin. There's a lot of wah, 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 W's going on in there. And shout out to San Antonio. You know, I haven't lived in Texas for a real long time, but I always get a little, um, I always feel nostalgic for Texas uh, when y'all come up when y'all come up in our top cities and shout out to federal way washington i just wanted to shout that out because that's um that's up by money's new home and uh-oh uh-oh get ready we're about to go international so we got hanoi vietnam in the building hot damn all righty i don't think we ever had vietnam in the uh in the top cities and not to be outdone shout out to port-au-prince Haiti. And you know, it's so funny because, you know, we talking about, I just talked about Juju. You know, we got Juju, you know, on this interview. You know, Haiti plays such a central role in, you know, uh, traditional African spirituality. And, you know, Haiti also just holds a special place, you know, in our revolutionary hearts over over here at, at Queer Walk because you think about, you know, being Haiti being the first black free nation in the Western Hemisphere. So, Whew, I just get chills thinking about uh, Haiti. So shout out to Queer Walk listeners um, in Port-au-Prince. Shout out to all the uh, the new cities in the borders are fake shout outs. And I just want to give a shout out to Aviva because Aviva is always coming through a uh, Queer Walk listener. One of my favorite things after an episode, after we post an episode is Aviva always comes through with such meaningful insights and musings on um, the last or the most recent episode. And it's just, I don't know, just always, it's just meaningfully engaging uh, with the show. And I just really, I said this to you, um, I think in the DMs, but I just want to say it on the mic, but I really always look forward to your musings and your thoughts on the episode. So just wanted to give you some love there, Aviva. All right, so this is where we would normally do the mental moment with money, but because money is very deep in, you know, her therapizing and professorizing, is that that how I'm gonna do it? Because she's very deep, knee deep in those duties, she's not here to give us a mental moment with money. So I'm going to encourage y'all to go back and listen to the solo episode she did and get caught up on that where she talks about uh, compassion fatigue and y'all know she loves alliteration and she loves a list. So go back and check out the four C's in terms of how to deal with compassion fatigue. 
So we're not going to do a word on this episode, but I do want to ask y'all a question. So as y'all know, well, I'm about to say, as y'all know, we have a new president, but Lord have mercy. Uh, we don't know if the orange menace, you know, we're in the midst of a coup where, um, his um despicable despicable disgusting orange ass you know might try to hold on um so i guess we have a tentative (laughs) new president but i say all that to say that there's a lot there's been a lot of discourse and discussion um about the election so i I was wondering i know it's kind of tough because our show is bi-weekly so if you don't immediately have like a hot take on something if we don't immediately have a hot take on something, then, you know, two weeks goes by and then, you know, you know, the media cycle, the news cycle immediately changes. But I've, I just had a lot of thoughts about how, you know, we tend to talk about, you know, constituencies and like politics and electoral politics. So I've been gathering some resources and some thoughts and ideas about that. So I guess I want to open it up to y'all. Would it feel dated? Would it feel old, old hat if I, on a, on the next episode, you know, just like shot the shit and just talked, talked with y'all about some of the things that I've been um, noticing and just some little pet peeves, you know, that I have in the, um, that have come about and that have revealed themselves in the electoral politics discourse. So let me know, use the hashtag queer WOC, uh, shoot us a tweet. Um, shoot us an email and let me know like, Hey, would y'all want to hear that? Is that something that would be, um, interesting to y'all? And it's like something that we really do, um, try to do on the show is we don't, I feel like, I feel like queer walk. Well, I feel like we're, you know, we're like a good lover. You know, we're not, we're not trying to go fast. We're not trying to give you the wham, bam. You know, we're trying to go deep, trying to take us slow. And so with that said, it takes a lot of time to like, you know, peruse, gather, and figure out, like, a lot of the different points of discussion that are happening, you know, around, like, current events. So I usually like to take my time to gather my thoughts and gather the resources instead of just having the the hottest, fastest take um, on a thing. So let me know if that would be interesting to y'all. If, you know, if y'all are like, you know, bitch, not on, that's going to be too late. Or if you're like, yeah, Nikita, we want to hear you bump your gums um, about that. So right now I am going to introduce again this wonderful, wide-ranging, informative, insightful interview and discussion that Money did with Juju from um, a Little Juju podcast. It's so funny because I've been um, in this girlfriend's. Um, I've been on this girlfriend's kick on Netflix. You know, just uh, watching that. And one of my favorite lines, ongoing lines from the show is whenever Maya talks about Jabari, she says, you know, she'd be like, oh, we love Jabari. He's a miracle to us. And it's so funny because that's how I feel about Juju. You know, I, I really do believe and feel that Juju is such, um, she's such a miracle and um, a blessing to us. And it's just, I just love this interview so much. I edited it. So um, I guess I should go ahead and say, <laughs> forgive whatever poor editing <laughs> might have occurred in the episode, but I just, in the interview rather, but I just had so much fun listening to it. I laughed a lot and I feel like I learned a lot. So um, without further ado, uh, get into and enjoy this interview. Hey, Juju. Hey. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on Queer Walk, uh, making time 
in your schedule to talk with me today. Thank you. I appreciate it, and I love the show, so I feel honored to be on Oh, my gosh. Don't say that. I was just about <laughs> to say, this is so long overdue because I've been such a stan of you for so long. Um, yeah. Should we, I'm like, we should have been made this happen. I know. Honestly, uh, for real. Yeah, Same. yeah. <laughs> the feeling is mutual, money. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so every time we have a guest on, uh, the podcast, we always start off with asking them their origin story. Cause you know, telling our stories is a big part of Queer Walk. And mm-hmm. I feel like not in any small way that you are like a super, uh, a superhero to us in our community. So Aww. can you, can you uh, tell us a little bit about how Juju came to be and, uh, where you're um, from? Okay. Yeah, um, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, born mm-hmm. and raised, um, but I have to shout out my ancestral roots in South Carolina, Alabama, West Virginia, and Virginia as well. So I feel like I was influenced a lot of people who were from those places, so yeah. I carry that as well. But I'm from Baltimore. And um, I don't know, I'm black, I'm bi, I am a bad bitch witch, conjurer, I practice hoodoo, African-American religion, and also um, Ifa, which is a West African, Nigerian, Yoruba tradition, mm-hmm. religion, and yeah, like I'm just, I feel like I'm just kind of regular, but I also like do very witchy things and spiritual work and I have a podcast as well where I talk about black ass spirituality and black ass traditions and how we can use what our ancestors gave us and our spiritual traditions to get free to reach liberation to reach healing etc etc um yeah and I'm on the journey of figuring that out you know I don't know all the answers but just be trying to share what I do know and tell my story as I can and yeah, I think I've always been this way. I've always been super spiritual. Um, didn't always practice indigenous religions or what I would consider black traditions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, I always was someone who was very devoted to a higher power or just knew that there was more out there for me to connect with. And I did that through Christianity for a long time um, and then did it try to do it through atheism and I've just went through a whole process of different identities spiritual identities um and yeah so, and I've landed here and found home where I am now yes mm-hmm. um I was just stuck on the fact that you think you're regular and this <laughs> this just I am. oh my gosh this just makes me think of um Actually, this quote from uh, When Chicken Heads Come Home to Roost, which is not my favorite feminist book, but, Mm -hmm. you know, Joan Morgan did something with hip-hop feminism. Mm -hmm. But, um, like, in the very first chapter of that book, she was like, I didn't know what, like, feminism was. I just knew that the women in my life, like, walked on water to make things happen. Mm. And it just reminds me of, like, whenever I meet, like, one of y'all in my podcast community... Like, y'all are doing such uh, transformative, huge things. And just like, oh, yep, this is just me. Uh, This is just my magic. That, like, um, it's regular to you. But, yeah. So, so, um, you said that you found home in ATRs, but Mm -hmm. started off in, um, like, more of the Abrahamic traditions of Christianity. Mm -hmm. How did, how did you first stumble into ATRs? Like what was the exposure moment? 
Ah, uh, the exposure moment I think was maybe in 2015, 20 No, no 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 no. My first exposure moment was in 20 like 12, 2013 yeah. and I was in Spelman College at the time. And I randomly, like, got into Ayanla Van Zant, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we can say our things about Auntie, you know, she's interesting. But at the yeah. time, I was just super into her for some reason. There was something about her that was compelling to me amidst mm-hmm. even all her stuff. Mm-hmm. So I got one of her books. It was one of her first books that she doesn't even talk about, that she doesn't even promote. It was like one of them undercover books. And she talked about her life, her bio, and it was like real uncut. She was telling all her stories and everything. And there was like two pages, a page or two, where she talked about going to her grandmother's house and her grandmother had an altar and she used to talk to spirits there. Mm. Um, and it wasn't really much of, it wasn't what the book was about. It wasn't a spiritual book necessarily, but it was just those two pages. And she was like, yeah, there was a glass of water and pictures of the ancestors and a candle. And in that, when I read those words, I was like, I have to do that. And yeah. I didn't know why I didn't, mm-hmm. I, I just was like, I'm going to do it. So in mm-hmm. my little dorm at Spelman, I put a little shot glass of water on like a little, on my desk mm-hmm. and a candle that I didn't like because you wasn't supposed to light candles, but I put a candle up there I didn't mm-hmm. like. <laughs> and I didn't have any pictures, but that's it. And every day I would like change the water out. I didn't, I wasn't talking to anyone. I was just like, I have to do this for my ancestors. And my mm-hmm. ex at the time would be like, what are you doing? I'm like, this for the ancestors. I don't know if mm-hmm. I got to do it. <laughs> and I think that was my first time that I just felt pulled to do something. Wasn't quite yeah. sure why or how, but yeah, it just happened like that and then from that point on yeah the altar came up and it came down because I didn't have a regular practice of it Mm. but then I think fast forward to maybe 2014-15 I just started following people on Facebook who were just talking about spirits and ancestors and dreams and you know premonitions Mm. and hoodoo and I'm like this is exciting something my Scorpio moon is all excited (laughs) so then that's it I just got serious about it found elders and then the rest is history honestly Mm. With a Scorpio moon, you were just destined to be here. Like Yes. <laughs> yeah. When I think about Scorpio, it's like all of the interest in the taboo, the occult. The occult. And with, mm-hmm. with your moon in that position, oh, girl. <laughs> That's all me. Give me the dark. <laughs> yes. yes. That's it. That's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, I didn't. I didn't think of this question before, but uh, the, your um, story of how you came into ATRs is making me think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there, so uh, Rachel True and uh, Mecca, the astrologer, did uh, this talk the other day. This is like Black Girl Magic talk about tarot and astrology. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rachel said something on there about like you have to crawl before you float on your broomstick, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so your story just made me think about how people overlook those beginning um, moments of yeah. coming into uh, African traditions. Right. What's one thing that you think a lot of baby witches, baby brujas skip in their uh, spiritual process? Mm. Well, let me start with sometimes I think that we can, because I did it too, wanting to jump to like, oh, mm. I'm about to give readings. Oh, yeah. I'm about to... Um, I need to buy all of the things that I see online Mm -hmm. that means that I'm a spiritualist or that means that I'm a witch. And it's really about those 
things that we didn't notice that we did in our homes or that maybe our grandmothers did or our aunts did or you know the dreams that we have or even like Mm -hmm. if your auntie even told you like oh I dreamt the fish am I pregnant like it's those small quote-unquote small occurrences and things that's like oh I'm a part of this I'm connected to this I can Mm -hmm. get the candles I can get the roots I can do that but I also already have a knowledge within me already yes. that is already around me, whether I've called it indigenous, African, witch, mm-hmm. spirit, not any, all of that. Like, it's already been here. We've seen it in church. We've seen it in the mosque. So it's like not thinking that this work is outside of you. It's already yes. in you already. It's been there. So, yeah, I mm-hmm. think we skip that part and go to the external when it's really a deeply internal work and it's been present our whole lives. Yes. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like that um, just lit me up. Like, yeah, it's already in you, right? It's mm-hmm. it's the culture. Right. I love your segment, Juju for the Culture. It just shows, like, how much our practices as black folks are connected to these spiritual practices. Deeply. Yeah. It makes me think about my great-grandma and my grandma. They used to put, like, crosses over people's pictures who have passed. And they're like, oh, we do that so they don't fade, right? Yeah. And it's like, what? what? Look, see? That yeah. type of shit. Like, yeah. huh? <laughs> yes, that. Yeah. So, like, all the old pictures in my family albums have, like, crosses over the people's heads wow. who passed on. Yeah. So, I think the thing that has struck me the most about your work is how much of an educator you are. And just the, the the amount of information that I've learned from you, from the podcast, from going to your Hoodoo 101 classes, like your Instagram lives, like, girl, you just be teaching. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm just, oh, gosh. I think something we share, because I know, um, and we're going to get into this, but like you also went to grad school for mm-hmm. psych mm-hmm. and Girl, I I got kicked right up out of that psychology program in grad school. So just like even even that process of like yeah. being excluded from these traditional uh, paths of teaching and finding alternative or decolonized paths of educating right. our folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I just admired you so much for that and also have learned so much from you. Wow. Um, and so I have a nerdy question about what's your research process like? Like, how do you gather information for your oh. episodes, for your classes? It's it's just I I appreciate you saying this to me because I need to hear it because I don't see myself as that often. And Girl, I'm you a whole to, professor? No, okay. And like <laughs> I'm trying to like to, I'm trying to like like just take that in. Okay, thank you. Um, Department of Religious Studies. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. So I have to like decolonize my own ideas about being a professor, mm. professorship, and and stuff too. I'm still mm-hmm. working through that. Um, so I really appreciate that. But um, I don't know. I like the internet. I'll be on the yeah. internet, and I'm just googling. I'm looking at articles. I'm going on them little sites that get the articles for free that you're not mm-hmm. supposed to get for free. Yep, <laughs> Whatever yep. that is, I've been using mm-hmm. them little legal sites, <laughs> and I just read. Mm-hmm. Like I love to read. Um, I love to read black women, black women's works. Um, so it's really just 
articles. I just read a bunch of, about a bunch of different things. I see something mm-hmm. that I don't know in one article, then I'm looking it up and I'm on JSTOR. I'm telling somebody like, hey, can you give me that? Send me yep. that article because yep. you got mm-hmm. access. That's the work too. That's the work. People who that got is. access send the people who ain't got the access exactly. um, to literature. Uh, yeah, and that's it. I, I listen though to my elders. I listen to people mm-hmm. who are around me who are older. Sometimes it's about just uh, recording when my grandmother speaks and things that she says. Like that mm-hmm. goes into my research. That goes into my podcast when my auntie speaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's the it's the Googles, it's the it's the JSTOR stuff, and it's mm-hmm. just paying attention to what is around me mm-hmm. also and taking note of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. The intergenerationality. Shout out mm-hmm. to your last episode with, with your auntie. Aunt, yes, yes, my aunt Myrtle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Aunties be knowing for real. Um, they be like that's a reason why that um, that title auntie is also like um, you know an exalted one in yes. the community too. Yep. Yes. Yep. Reverence to the yes. aunties. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question about queerness and spirituality mm-hmm. i i mean related to the po- to both of our podcasts and who we are as people but also i think in my work with clients um and seeing queer folks in therapy a lot of times people see these two identities as not being able to coexist together mm-hmm. being a spiritual person and a queer person mm-hmm. and i mean your podcast just shatters that binary right so mm-hmm. um can can you just talk a little bit about how ATRs specifically um, don't fuck with that that binary of like you either queer or spiritual and can't right. be both? The fact that I mean, I think it all goes back to people thinking that black people blackness doesn't encapsulate queerness, mm. and we mm. know that that is not true yeah. because we see queerness in black people all the time. All the we time. know black <laughs> queer people like that is just not true. Yeah. Just period. It's a lie. Mm-hmm. And so if this these are traditions of for black people, of black people, created by black people, it would have to include the multitudes of ways that we show up, which include exactly. being gay, queer, trans, non-binary, mm-hmm. man, woman, anything. It, mm-hmm. it includes all of us. That's the whole point of these traditions, that we can use the power that includes all of us to be able to create new realities, to manifest, to fight, to heal. Mm-hmm. And so... It really baffles me how people would think that being quote unquote spiritual cannot does not include our full identities. Mm. And I think that's just a projection of, you know, the very white washed colonial Christian mindset that Mm. we are all affected by whether we identify as spiritual Christian or not. We've all been impacted by Christianity, that form of Christianity, Mm. at least. And so to project it into ancient traditions that existed before Christianity was even mm-hmm. created um, to really, I mean, it's like, it doesn't make sense. It's hard for me it to don't. even explain because yeah. it just don't make sense. Like we mm-hmm. see examples in many texts and many different traditions of spirits who carry multiple genders, no genders mm-hmm. at all, switch between genders yep, whenever yeah. they feel like it. Yeah. You see that, especially in like Orisha tradition. And yes, there's Nigerian so many traditions. stories of yes. like gender fluidity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like we can see that from traditions that are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. So you mean to tell me that like that's a lie? Like, mm-hmm. and I just, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no. 
Yeah. No. Yeah, I think about like um, how that cultural piece of Christianity has like tried to take um, mm-hmm. sex out of spirituality as if sex isn't a spiritual right. or energetic uh, process. Right. And um, and that our relationships aren't inherently um, intangible as well. Mm-hmm. Like the on, the only way that we have relationships are physical ones. I'm like, no, there's all these parts of a relationship that we can't touch. Yes. And that's spirit. It, it it's all spirit. It's if all you spirit. Ask me. <laughs> yeah. So we can't separate ourselves from the spirit of everything. So mm-hmm. if I am who I am, that's part of spirit. Right. If I am who I am, that's a part of a creator. That's a part of God. Yes. That's a part of the universe. Mm-hmm. So how can I separate my queerness or whatever from God, from godliness? Yeah. I can't. Mm-hmm. Period. Damn. <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> And that's on it, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, even when I think about, um, like, my own, like, spiritual practices and learning a lot from you, that we we are just another element of nature. And I think that, that yes. black traditions teach us that, indigenous traditions teach mm-hmm. us that. But, you know, these colonized <laughs> Western white traditions um, attempt to position humans in like this hierarchy of like yes. we just extract and use nature that we're not a part of it right and you see where that's gotten us exactly okay. and i'm like when, when i think about queerness and spirituality i also look at the natural world and how fluid and changing and interrelated and right. um non-monogamous <laughs> nature right. is yeah. right we yeah. are just reflect we are nature yeah so yeah. like how could I yeah it's the whole yeah humans are be- better and we you know mm-hmm. l- like I said you can see outside how we how that's taken us that we us thinking that we're supposed to extract and take and take and take right <laughs> right yeah I'm on the west coast now and them them wildfires they scared me oh. I had never experienced nothing like that before okay. so I was like oh the earth is mad <laughs> she she's not having it yeah. she's like I'm upset and yeah. And it's turning up, rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. Especially the one that was started by a gender reveal. It's like, <sighs> uh, gender is killing the earth. Like, can we not? Can Let, we not do? Listen, do this? <laughs> listen. All right. So how? So I hit you up about recording together for this specifically because of a tweet that you tweeted. And if y'all not following Juju on Twitter. It is a good time. Y'all should y'all should go follow Juju on Twitter. She is so hilarious and um nasty on Twitter. I'm very nasty. Don't expect I love to see it. spiritual shit all the time. No, 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 no. That's just what we was talking about, right? All of us is a part of spirit. Period. Uh, you know, the nasty tweets is a part of that. And I try to like cultivate like a joy space on my social media and I just really enjoy the nasty tweets too because it's like (laughs) that's that that brings me joy you know it's like okay pleasure pleasure yes yes, in these hard times yes but you tweeted some of y'all be booking readings when you need to be booking therapy appointments (laughs) at myself (laughs) But, but yes yeah, and so I just wanted us to have a conversation about this as, like, both 
folks who have like this um, history of learning about psychology mm-hmm. and also, you know, spiritual witchy bitches. Right. So, right. So you be you be booking readings when you need to be booking therapy appointments. Um. So I think I used to a lot more. I think mm. sometimes I would start pulling cards on things that were really just about my trauma, and it was like, mm-hmm. baby, this ain't about the the spirits, honey. This mm. this about this about some other stuff. But yeah, I, I mean, I noticed that. I notice a lot of things. So when I was doing readings full time, I would be in sessions with people and the cards are just telling me this person needs therapy. Like mm. this ain't even a space because they probably couldn't even handle the information that mm. you could really give them because they need they're going to need somebody to walk them through some of the stuff that comes up. Yeah. And so often I'll be like, baby, you need therapy. Like, mm. you, do you have a therapist? Do you have some type of support system? And they're like, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. So there is this energy of people being more open to the spiritual advices, but mm. not to actually uncovering what the spiritual advices will bring about and talk right. about. Yeah. So that concerned me, one. That concerned mm-hmm. me because I'm not a therapist. So in a reading with you, I can be like, you can talk to me. I can, I'm really empathetic. I can make you feel real good, but I'm mm-hmm. not a therapist. Mm-hmm. So someone's going to have to help you process some of this stuff that I'm pulling up around your childhood that you haven't worked through. Right. And spirit going to keep telling you that, but spirit is not the therapist either. Like you yeah. have to have your supports in place to be able to work through these things and to get the most out of your readings. Like, I think that they can work hand in hand. I think some people book readings when they need to be in therapy. Some people are in therapy and could benefit from also getting a reading yep, as yep. well. Like mm-hmm. they can work together and I think that they should mm-hmm. work together. But Hoodoo was not created to be therapy mm-hmm. necessarily. It could be argued maybe that some indigenous religions kind of took up the space as therapy mm-hmm. maybe back then. But be, the the times have changed. Yeah. You know, the tradition I follow, Ifa is not going to be your therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, Ifa can get you through a lot of things. You can do the sacrifices. You can make the ebo. You can do what you're supposed to do. But, like, you have to take care of yourself more consistently. And that's mm-hmm. why I just think that let these things work together because there's mm-hmm. a beauty in that. I would not have, I need my therapist. My therapist done got me through, period. Yeah. And yeah. I need my readings as well. My readings have gotten me through. They, they, they it's a beautiful dance between mm-hmm. the two. Don't sac- you don't have to sacrifice one for the other. If you're interested in a reading, cool. And also be like, do I need more than that? Because this reading isn't going to help heal me from why I'm in this relationship or why I keep finding myself in these situations or these occurrences or that I'm feeling this way because of this thing or my past. The reading can't do that. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have the power to do that. It was not created to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And therapy alone, if you feel like you need a reading, there's some insight that maybe your therapist won't be able to get to that your reader can get to that the diviner can get to that the spirit Mm -hmm. can get to, to like help. And I would always go to my therapist and be like, okay, so this came up in my divination Mm -hmm. around something to work through. And then my therapist could take that and use the tools and the study and the research and the science that she Mm -hmm. had to be like, okay, let's move from that place that your spirit said we should move from. And then Mm -hmm. I got the most benefit out of it. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's my thing. It's like, don't not, they they shouldn't take each other's place. They both have a rightful place um, in our lives and in our healing journeys. So Mm -hmm. just 
do both if you want to do both, but don't just, and just do therapy if maybe if you just want to do therapy. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't say just do readings in lieu of if you need some additional supports because it's not for that. Um, what is a reading for? Like when mm. when someone books a reading, what should they be looking to get out of it? Mm-hmm. Like, is there any like pre-work you should do before a reading? Well, readings are for clarity mm-hmm. and insight. Um, sometimes when we just don't know what we feel stuck they can give us, you know, a spirit can come through or an ancestor can come through and be like, baby, you stuck because of this. Go on and work through that. That's that's what you got going on. You need to go do this thing or you need to go clean your room. And that's why, because you got some energy in there that you haven't literally cleansed out of your space. Mm-hmm. So it's for clarity. It's, it's to get some deeper understanding of what could be happening in your life. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, you don't always have to go to a reading because you're stuck. You can go to just see what's up. Let me check mm-hmm. in. Um, I used to love reading people who are just like, nothing's wrong. I just need to check in. Be like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Let's just check in. Yeah. Um, so there can be pre-work, but I would say the, the pre-work is mostly being open mm-hmm. and not asking questions that you don't want the truth, you know, that you don't mm-hmm. want an answer to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people will come, should I be in this relationship or should I be with this person? And mm-hmm. if spirit is like, hell no, it's like, are you in the place to then make the decision to leave that relationship or whatever mm. thing that comes up for you. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's the biggest thing to prepare for. Prepare to hear things you want to hear and things you may not want to hear and prepare mm. to do the work that comes with what comes up for you. Yes. Yeah. I so appreciate this. It feels like it, um, it helps it for me. Cause as someone who I have a lot of, you know, like, uh, earthy witchy mm-hmm. <laughs> bitch practices and i'm also a therapist and so right. um seeing the the difference between the two spaces as um yeah like the spirit the uh readings you know even even tarot like pulling cards and stuff right is for clarity and therapy is like the the footwork space like the yes. process space like this is yes. this is where i get the tangible tools Right. To like work through what I'm getting clarity on. Correct. Yep. Yeah. That's or to it. be able to not be um, reactive in an emotional or traumatic way, like just reenacting yes. my trauma or um, responding from emotion and actually be able to get the clarity that I'm supposed to be getting from a reading. Yes, yes, yes. yes. My yeah. spirits tell me all the time, you need to be in therapy. Like there was a period mm-hmm. I wasn't in it anymore. And they was like, baby, you on your readings, but you need to be in therapy. Mm-hmm. It was to the point it was like, we're not going to talk to you anymore until you get a therapist. <laughs> and I was like, okay, damn. Yeah. So like, it's important. It's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so appreciate that. Like, um, that piece that you've been doing like p- like publicly and allowing other people in on your journey this year about mm. um, going to your ancestors with questions around relationships. You know, I'm an MFT. That's like a relational therapist. Yeah. And, and seeing the limits of what the ancestors can offer too because they can only help you from the extent that they healed. Yes. Um, and yeah, and like being the one to break those patterns, you need support through that like yes like this realm support and yeah yes. therapy is that space yes 
Mm-hmm. Yes, we need the living and we need the dead. So we need yes. all. Like you said, our ancestors can only help us as much if they, as they have helped themselves. And mm-hmm. some of them have not had an opportunity to help themselves. Yep. Even in the spirit realm. I was thinking about this so much since I asked you, like, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. About... Um, like mental health and spiritual health and of them both being dimensions of our wellness. Mm. And I was also thinking about things like mental illnesses because I think because I started my my therapeutic career working in severe mental illness Mm. and um, the difference between like, am I tripping or or is this is this spiritual? Right. And um, like, you know, like, uh, all I forget all the Claire's the like Claire cognizant clairvoyant uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so like how how we're able to to differentiate between those um those gifts those powers right. that that we can tap into and and a mental health disturbance right right um and I think one you write like doing that process work can give you clarity on that mm-hmm. um and two I think it's about the amount to which is disturbing us <laughs> like the our global yes. functioning yeah so um yeah so I, I think I'm also saying this because um you know black folks like when you when you do something different than like the norm they like oh girl you sound crazy you look crazy. You hear, yeah you hearing you hearing things now oh you see things now i'm like no like the difference is like this is something that i'm seeking out right. and getting another way of seeing right. and being versus something that is intrusive and taken away from my mental health like exactly being able to talk to my ancestors has decreased my mental health issues <laughs> like that the, <laughs> the way the anxiety come down yes. after after cleaning the altar though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a real thing. I just yes. had to do that last night because I was going mm-hmm. through something. I was like, oh, let me go to my let me yeah. go. And then I was like, oh, I feel better. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. a tool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. Such good information. Thank you, Listen, Juju. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I'm glad that you said the part about because I think about that too, like You know, I've talked about how historically, I think for black folks who have been hospitalized or who have seen and Mm -hmm. who hear Mm -hmm. some of that, not all of that, but some of that is um, a response to not having the tools um, for people who are mediums, (laughs) for people who just see and hear and experience and that can get so overwhelming and it can get out of control Mm -hmm, to where mm -hmm. it develops into something else. And then on top of just our traumas that impact it as well. Yeah. Um, but I noticed that sometimes people are like, yeah, they'll say to me like, yeah, I believe you. Like all of that is not real. Like schizophrenia is not real. All these things are not real. Like, no, that shit is real. It's real. (laughs) That is real. Mm -hmm. Please don't take what I'm saying to say that that is not real because it's about how it is impacting our day to day lives. If people cannot function, if they're not able to live in the world and have an enjoyable life and experience, it is real and it is impacting them. And there, Mm -hmm. there needs to be supports that come through, um, to support them. They can be in tandem with um, medical supports or therapy. And it can be with spiritual stuff, too. Maybe Mm -hmm. a reader needs to come in and cast some spirits off. And Mm -hmm. then that person might need medication. And then that person may need follow-up therapy. And then, like, they can all work together. 
but it's all real mm-hmm. um regardless of how the person arrived to that to a particular state we have to deal with it as they have come and we can see and i wish that there were more i wish that there were spaces where spiritualists could be involved in that mental health process yes. to be like you know okay that's the therapy plan and this person also need a misa which is like yeah. a spiritual seance like okay they need a misa too <laughs> like so let's do a misa and then that will help the therapeutic process be more successful anyway mm-hmm. um because this person mm-hmm. is really just a medium well this yeah. person really has an entity on them as well mm-hmm. so yeah i just appreciate you saying that um too because it's all real and we need it all yeah yeah um i think about like when when i was working in like mental uh, health hospitals and like mm-hmm. inpatient and mm-hmm. intensive outpatient stuff it's like the only way i can describe it is the level of peace right so so folks who are dealing with like schizophrenia um uh, yeah, like delusions and all that kind of stuff. There's no peace there. Like you can right. see it. It's like, it's like this is affecting my functioning. Like you yes. were saying, right? But, but folks who are who have been like processing, doing the work, and it's really hard because as queer people, as people of color, we don't get, we often get uh, shut out of spaces to do the work to deal with the trauma, right. and the trauma is ongoing. So it's right. not like Whew, girl, that was hard. And now you can go. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just right. like um, another thing after another thing. But but there's like a level of peace that that you can arrive at when yes. when it's like a spiritual gift mm-hmm. that you're um, that you're you know that you have. Right. Versus a mental health uh, disturbance, and you're so right. It's like definitely it can be both. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about like how is it impacting your day to day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I also think about like change and wh- how we think about change being possible mm. as like a place where therapy and spirituality kind of do this beautiful dance together too. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I just I don't know. Um you know, Beyoncé been real <laughs> ATR in her real. music lately. She just been putting been putting uh all the the everything right right in the music you don't even have to dig for it right um and so i think a lot about like black is king and like that the gift album when i think Mm -hmm. about uh like knowing that we are powerful because our because of the survival of all the people who had to survive for us to be possible right um Yeah, and so much of what I try to get people to do in therapy is like reinstilling this hope that change is possible mm-hmm. and that we could be a part of that change. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So we have to be if we want mm-hmm. to change. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 More, more therapists got to be incorporating spirituality and yeah, like what? Um, yeah. I didn't ask you this when you said it, but now that I'm saying that, I'm thinking, what do you think the hesitation is for people who are down with booking a reading, but not with going to a therapy session? The work. Mm. Because I think, even, <laughs> because I think even with readings, when there's work, like yep. people love the readings where ain't no work. You just kind of yep. telling you what's going on, which is fine. There's space for those readings, but a lot of readings, especially, um, from the of the diaspora or African traditional readings are going to then say, and then you need to do this. Right. You need to take a bath for 13 days mm-hmm. and then you need to clean room and then you need to smoke out your house and then you need to go leave an apple under the tree. Yes, and then you need dude. to say a prayer. You know what I mean? And people uh, be like, 
Oh, I got to do all that. I ain't about to do all that. Yeah. I think it's the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the yep. work. <laughs> People don't want work. I yes. get it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. And I get it. I don't be wanting to work either. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, yes. Yeah. I just remember us talking on the phone once and you was like, oh, yeah, you need to, like, leave some tobacco in your attic. For, for them, like, folks in your house. Oh, and I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, you know, you're right. I just been sitting in this house, you know, with all these stories about this apartment and mm-hmm. did did that. And it's just, like, still in the house, right? And wow. And, yeah, I think about when I, I don't, how do I say, I don't like saying homework, but when I, mm-hmm. uh, at the end of session, would, like, tell somebody, okay, um, before I see you next week, like try to do one grounding activity when you right. feel anxiety. Right? It's like they come back and it's like, have they done that? No. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm the one who hasn't done it, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. By it's me. Yeah. It's me. <laughs> it's me. I'm the one. <laughs> also, though, let me say it is the work. But as you're talking, I'm like, it is also. I mean, black folks traditionally do have an aversion to therapy because how mm-hmm. it has been weaponized against oh, yeah. us. So like I do have to yeah. say that as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. as someone who only works with black people really. Like yeah. it's it is the work and like therapy means something else. Like mm-hmm. uh, even if even if we weren't out here doing spiritual work all out in the Ooh, I'm talking to spirits. You still mm-hmm. could have went over and saw the conjure the conjure man real quick. Yeah. Like you still would go over there on a sneak tip. It wasn't. It was taboo to talk about, but it wasn't taboo to do. Do mm-hmm. so, but therapy was like taboo to talk about and taboo to do. Mm. So yeah, I think some of that still exists within us a that, little bit too. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that just connected something for me. Mm. Yeah. Cause, cause I think therapy in uh, like black communities is becoming less taboo to talk about. Yes, but maybe still not so yep. much to do. Yep. Right? So it's like, oh yeah, we could talk about our mental health. We could talk about needing to heal from trauma. We could talk about yes. breaking intergenerational patterns. But it's like still that step into the room. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even with mm-hmm. more. The, I think there's been, like, an explosion in the past five years of visibility of therapists of color. Absolutely. Um, and so even with that, there's, I mean, you can't erase the harm that, like, uh, the the profession has done. Mm-hmm. And in this process of getting licensed, I've also thought so much about how these things that we've always done to take care of each other, right? So I think about someone like my grandma who everybody in the neighborhood came to her couch to give give her their worries, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're going to talk through everything in their life with my grandmother. But yeah. uh, while sitting in a room with her looks very similar to therapy, right? But yeah. the, ways, the ways that... Um, black folks, folk, uh, queer folks have been shut out of the processes of being licensed in yes. order to like say that you provide that service. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. That's such a good point. That's such a good mm-hmm. point, though. Like we have access to therapeutic means. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Without the institution of therapy or white mm-hmm. therapy, traditional, you know, white yeah. therapy. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that's important to be uplifted and said 
mm-hmm. as well because it's not like we don't want to heal or that we don't want to talk to anybody because we'll talk to somebody exactly <laughs> there's just a very real lack of trust I think too mm-hmm. and like I said the ways that it has been weaponized against us and our yep. identities and it's real yep yeah yeah you know I um I've been on this since like last pride but I feel like in the conversation of reparations we also need to be talking about the mental health field and uh, reparations for uh, marginalized communities, but communities of color specifically. Yes. Whether that looks like all black folks having free access to therapy. Yes. Or something that, uh, yeah, you got to address the harm. You got to yes. address the harm. And until that's repaired, there's always going to be that distrust with the system. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. A whole bunch of money ain't going to do nothing for us if we right. are not well. Right. Right, my next question. Oh my gosh, Nikita would uh, kill me if I didn't ask you this because she <laughs> she called me to be like, uh, ask Juju because um, okay. you know she be on the rig, so she couldn't be here today. But um, so she wanted to know specifically about the role of ATRs in liberation in 2020. Like, how do you mm. see um, ATRs and liberation working hand in hand in mm-hmm. the movement? For social justice liberation, right? right. Um, and um, I wrote that I'm specifically thinking about your work um, in Baltimore mm-hmm. and like just being on the corner, like free readings, <laughs> um, being in the places where the people are, mm-hmm. um, and uh, your work with BYP 100. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So my idea to, you know, bring in the spiritual aspect into our liberation movements was just because that's what our ancestors literally did. (laughs) Like when you just look at revolts, rebellions um, from the Haitian Revolution to Denmark, Mm -hmm. Bessie to I mean, everything. There's always going to be a little paragraph somewhere. Mm -hmm. You'll see read between the lines that before we did this. Yeah, we went to a root doctor yeah. before mm-hmm, we did this. Mm-hmm. We got, you know, a quote unquote reading or we saw the conjure person or yep. we had crab claws in our mouths when we fought because that's a way to protect mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so to continue on with that legacy, like yeah. I don't believe that this liberation movement is separate from spirit or the yes. spiritual or all of our hitters who died already who still got stuff to say and who still right. have advice and who's still gonna you know tell us oh no don't do that do this mm-hmm. so when i was in byp 100 like they made sure they got readings like when we was about to do certain things or when we could do actions when we couldn't do actions mm-hmm. um what was it going to be safe this weekend sometimes it was like no nah, we can't do that then but we need to do it this time we need to wait for this if we're going to do this somebody needs to go put rechange the altar water so to, like we mm-hmm. got them ancestral spirits was coming down and talking so i think that in 2020 that's kind of how we can move forward it's like calling on the people who were organizers um who have deceased who still have things to say yeah they're gonna wear um and people who are mediums and channels can actually channel that information Mm -hmm. um but also knowing you know, the roots and the herbs and the, the workings and the spells, as people call them, that we can incorporate before we do or make a decision to do any type of campaign or just to make sure that we're in alignment. You know, it's not mm-hmm. it's just the first it's just the first step to a whole organizing plan. It's just mm-hmm. in, including mm-hmm. ancestors. It's just including spirits. It's just including um, the things that our ancestors did to be able to, like, right. move shit forward. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's 
I think it's very much a part of it. I, I don't I don't think we're going to get free without them. Like, yeah. without all of us. I, I always say we need the living and the dead. Like, we yep. just need everybody. We need yeah. all hands. I want the ghost hands right, and the right. real hands <laughs> on deck. Mm-hmm, and so I mm-hmm. think we could do that. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be, if someone's listening, like, well, I don't know any mediums, but, like, we're organizing. Like, what am I supposed to do? Ancestral work is also just like seeing what our elders and the people before us did. You know, it might not necessarily be like, oh, now we have to have a seance to call them down. But it's like, let's read about some successful things that we want to do. And let's see what they did. Let's see what they Mm -hmm. thought. How can we incorporate that information into now, into the present and use that? That is also ancestral work, too. Mm -hmm. It's remembering that people have started building the wheel like the wheel is there (laughs) we just gotta see we're on new terrain let's see how it can move and work um but it ain't gonna move without spirit Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah i hope that answered the question oh yes yeah i'm i'm just thinking about like yeah the the way when we talk to barbara smith like like what we can learn from past movements yeah not just in the the organizing strategy or like um actions that past movements did mm-hmm. but but also the the spirit that moved those yes. actions yes um yeah yes. i was thinking about like everything i learned in your hoodoo 101 class but like the the with the the rebellions and the uprisings that we don't get taught about in history classes right. that enslaved folks led that mm-hmm. there were so many of, of the leaders of those rebellions that said I had a dream and yes. God told me to do it on this night, yes. right? Or, or um, I, yeah, I heard a voice while doing this or, yes. um, yeah. Harriet Tubman. Harriet, <laughs> yes. Ha- Mother warrior Harriet. The Harriet uh, Tubman. Yeah. <laughs> Harriet the Stallion, okay? <laughs> when I'm thinking about when we went to her um, grave because She's buried in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Like Harriet Tubman is right there. You can go see Mother Harriet um, wow. and, and her house. Wow. Um, that there was so many. Uh, so we went all like uh, our podcast community to BBB. We mm-hmm. all went together. And Diamond was like, oh, yeah, the kids been here. Right. Because it was it was coins. It yep. was fruit. Yep. It was all all these offerings that. Um, yeah, like um, machetes, you know, like mm-hmm. stuff to clear the path. And just mm-hmm. think, yeah, thinking about not, you know, not having a, astronomy or whatever, be, uh, her, calling her an astronomer, calling her an yes, astrologist. Yes, um, you know, a medium. But, yes, but her using that, right? Like, so um, we, we only move when the wind is blowing in this direction. Yes. Like that is, you know, that's like spirit. That's some spiritual shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> spiritual shit. Yeah. When the wind is, when the wind is going this way, it's not a night to do this. Yes. It's not a night. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> like, what is that? We, yeah. we, we have access to that same thing yeah that same same thing and that's mm-hmm. really what my work is about like y'all yeah. we got access to that same thing yeah it's, it's still here yeah it's like building a relationship with people around you and things around you yes like nature yes spirits yeah. everything yeah mm-hmm. the yeah. land because the, the land can tell you too like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which way to go the land the stars can tell you that too it's about yeah. being that's all the spirit work that's all spirit work this is yeah this is just making me think so much about 
I'm really into the moon, so I follow mm-hmm. the moon real closely. Mm-hmm. But like how um I can't remember what it was that happened. I actually think it was it was the George Floyd uprisings mm. that um the the full moon hadn't been like in that sign or on in that um oh, alignment yeah. with like all the planets since um 1964, I think, and we know what the 60s were like, right? right. So so even that, like being tapping into awareness of um, position yeah. and the what wins we're having as uh, as oppressed folks yes. during during these um, planetary cycles, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. yeah, it's deep. <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's making me like feel like emotional right now because it's just so mm-hmm. deep and it's yeah. just. It's so much. It's it's it, it is. It's in the stars and the moon and mm-hmm. the like. All of these entities and beings want us free. Yeah. So I'm just always interested in what they have to say. Yeah. What can the moon tell us about what is happening right now? What can the spirits tell us? What can the yeah. what can the land tell us? How can the flowers that are blooming right now? Mm-hmm. What does that say about what's happening? What the yeah. squirrels being out? The squirrels in Baltimore have been turning up recently. Like they have been collecting, collect like more so than <laughs> usual. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. going off. And my mom brought that to my attention recently. She was like, I just feel like we just need to be in preparation because the squirrels are like turning up on a different level this year. Yes. And I'm like, look at my mother, like divining with the squirrels, but also like, (laughs) yeah, like I can, like that is a whole, like Mm -hmm. we can use all of the tools. Like we have nature tools. (laughs) We have spirit tools. Mm -hmm. I just want us to use them. So that, because I know that when we do and we tap into it, we can actually get to the places that we dream about and yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. I, ooh, Juju. I have, this is making me think about so much in like mm-hmm. movements for liberation and spirit because like everything from, like when I read people's words sometimes, I'm like, damn, they were spitting. Like, how did <laughs> how did this come to them, right? Like, and, and the people that we pedestal from like movements past and people that we pedestal from movements current mm-hmm. are so young. Yeah. And you know, my my mom and my family, we would say that they've been here before, right? That 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 message is not just moving through um you and yes. your single singletary self. Um correct. Yeah. Like even mm-hmm. everything from like Martin uh Luther King and um like what was it Ella Baker screaming at him like tell him about your dream, Martin. She, it, it was a dream, yes. right? It wasn't <laughs> a dream, it, dream, a dream, a dream, right? And that's that's like what yes. galvanizes a whole movement is a dream mm-hmm. he had, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I I think about that a lot, like the the spirit moving through us, even in like mm. these revolutionary moments. Yes, you know? oh, always does. And then that dream also, and that movement also being centered in black church. That means yes. something too. Yeah, like organizing yes. in church right. spaces, right? Singing church mm-hmm. hymns, so like that yeah. is <laughs> it's some it's yeah. some it's deep. We need spirit. Yep. Spirit is so much a part of this work. It's always been connected. You're so yeah. right. Like the the church, not just as like a building, but like a hub of yes. um of like uh, energetic movement. Like I was saying before, when we were talking about mental health and uh, readings, like. Um, but a place where we believe that change is possible. Yes. Like that's what the church mm. is and was. Yeah. Okay. That's a whole thing right there. Hmm. Mm. That's mm. deep. 
Honestly, it's deep. Like the church being a place that we've like conjured and dreamed mm-hmm. and had the visions and then could also then organize there because that was the safest place for us to exactly. do it. Like a spiritual hub space was mm-hmm. the place that we could. That's kind of deep. I don't know. That's deep. <laughs> Something mm-hmm. to that. Like even even more, that's just kind of stirring in me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, how do we create those spaces? Like, uh, or maybe, I mean, I don't know because I'm not initiated into uh, any specific ATR, but maybe there are spaces like that. But what I've seen through... I mean, what's been so devastating about, like, capitalism currently and, like, is the face of, like, gentrification and the Mm. attacks on public spaces for us to congregate. Um, So that means, like, limited spaces to organize, limited uh, spaces to connect with each other and to spirit. Um, How do you build that? Like, in an elay, like, is is there an actual house, like a physical house where folks congregate? Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there are. Mm-hmm. I would say that. I would say that that happens in spiritual houses. I, the and I also think that in. Ooh, can I say this? I think in my experiences, there still is a disconnect from spiritual houses to organizing work and like mm. that. Like there's now it feels like okay, this is a spiritual space, and then over here is where we do organizing, and those spaces uh, don't seem like they come together, intersect. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, even with churches, like churches don't seem like the places where people are organizing anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep, when yeah. they used to be. Yep. So mm-hmm. I feel that same way even with African tra- traditions. Yeah. Um, they're still stuck. We're still venerating black deities, and there's something in that work. But yeah, it, yeah. it feels like there's a there's just. A separation. Yeah. I, you know, I hadn't thought about this before, so it's like a half thought, but I feel like this has something to do with the attempts to, um, like, sideline queerness. Mm-hmm. Because when I think about the, the overlap, like, who's in both of those spaces, it's the queer folks. Like, yeah. not, not that you have to be, um, like, sexually or gender queer, but mm-hmm. definitely politically queer. Absolutely. You know? believing in um rights for women and femme right. folks and right. you know like when the the people who are in both spaces like the the religious and spiritual spaces and the organizing spaces mm-hmm. those are the queer folks and yep. so what we lose when we attempt to remove them mm. or decentralize them from spaces is that overlap yes um yeah that's just a that's just a thought though. I hadn't thought about that before. That feels right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that feels mm-hmm. right. Cause that's a great point. I never thought about that. That's a great point. Ashe. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Okay. So we are, you know, the insurgent bi-weekly audio syllabus. And mm-hmm. uh you similarly you got a whole book list on your um your website. Like here are some recommended readings. I've gotten so many books that you've mentioned or that you just told me about, like Working the Root. Mm-hmm. I was so thankful for that book. Uh, yeah. Do you have, like, a one-book suggestion for someone who might just be getting interested in learning about um, indigenous African traditions? Um, or maybe an author, if not a book. An author? I want to say, if you're just getting... I want to say... I want to say Toni Morrison. Yes. Um, <laughs> however, I know that people be like, but she's not writing about the religion. She's not writing about, but she writes about blackness. Yes. She And that's where it is. It's in yeah. the 
crux it's in the blackness it's in the little mm-hmm. dimensions that she has it's in the spirit you know it's not a book about how to do a spell you yeah. know it's not a book like and this is who do one-on-one mm-hmm. but you'll see it so vividly in her text yes. and i think that's actually a good place for people to start um because then you're like oh yeah i've seen that me- okay yeah my grandmother mm-hmm. oh, okay you know so i think that's actually a good place to start. i would say tony morrison yes yeah I love Tony. Oh my gosh, all the things I um I committed to like reading all of the Tony Morrison books that I hadn't read, mm-hmm. and I have been putting off Sula because here's 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 the work right. My <laughs> my great grandmother, we actually called her Sula, mm-hmm. um, and her name was Ursula, but you know black people yeah. we call her Ursula, right. and so <laughs> so it just got shortened to Sula. <laughs> right. And after mm-hmm. she passed, I was like, oh, I can't read this book. And I've had it. I've I've owned it for, like, ever. Right. Um, as, as long as I can remember. Like, back in, like, high school, I had a copy of Sula. Right. But had never read it because it was my great-grandma's name. And she passed. And I was like, right. I can't read it. Okay. And then I read the book. And I just read it this year. And I just see all of the, like, cultural things yes. that are, like, so everything from like the milk bottle and like how you do glass and to um oh somebody's sick and what you're doing uh cover yep. the window and yep. all this stuff it's just yep. like that's it yeah, that's that's it yep that's yeah. it mm-hmm. yes tony it's all up and through there yes all them books it's all yep. up and through there she was a conjurer <laughs> very very that's a very conjurer bad woman. very mm-hmm. bad even the way she used words i i yes. think a lot about that because it's like it's not um, like some of my, some of like the women that I turn to their work, like Audre Lorde, for example, mm-hmm. it's hard to read. Like the way mm-hmm. she writes is not like plain, you know, no. like she's not just saying it to you. Right. Um, but, but Tony writes with very accessible language, mm-hmm. but it just still hits you in the gut. Yes. You know, <laughs> that's, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So. Okay, my last question is about Curved Chronicles. You know, that's the last segment of the podcast. And, uh uh-oh, (laughs) you get shy, Juju. Is this this Juju shy? (laughs) I'm not even shy, honey. I'm triggered, but go ahead. Oh, 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 sorry. (laughs) Sorry. We don't don't have to go there if you don't want to. It's okay. Go ahead. Okay. I was just wondering about dating while Juju, you know, um, do you see the Curve Chronicles coming? Do you? Do you? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I be getting curved. <laughs> I be curving and I be getting mm-hmm. curved. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got curved like yesterday, so that's why I'm triggered. <laughs> oh, what? I'm okay. I'm 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 upset. Who in their right damn mind is curving Juju? Uh, it's always the, um, it's never, it's never black women. It's never black Mm -hmm. non-binary people. It's always cis men. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I got curved this, (laughs) long story short, I got flewed out (laughs) Mm -hmm. to Mexico (laughs) and I had a great time with this person, man. It was, it was great. Had an amazing time. Came back home, text him, ghost. What? Nothing ghost like this morning but was watching all my stories has been watching like had to block him on my stories today yeah because i was like not you not saying anything to me 
but watching all of my things. Excuse me? Ghosted me. So I had to block him today. So. How, do you, how do you fly somebody out and then ghost them? <laughs> Men are the Nigga ones. shit. Larika, <laughs> What? What happened? Oh, gosh. Mm. You know niggas don't be liking feelings and shit. That's yeah. what it is. It's like when, I don't know if it's like a, a byproduct of patriarchy or whatever, but uh-huh. for they are just incapable of any emotional experience and not not be, not see in, in you like a reflection of not just being like emotionally aware, but also like spiritually aware, which is right. like emotion in another dimension. Right. They're, they're not, they're not ready, Juju. They're not ready. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I'm just like, damn, I guess I got curved. That <laughs> don't even make sense. I, I feel like that uh Denzel meme where he slapped the devil. Oh, yeah. like, how you how you ghost Juju though? Like And you know you you know you everywhere. He gonna see you all over all the social media, everything and oh my gosh. But was watching the well, stories. Like, I'm trying yeah. to rep. This is just very fresh because it's all happening to that. So I'm just like, how do you watch someone's stories but ignore them I, after you yeah. was just hanging out with them? But, you know, I had that happen to me, too. And um, I so maybe maybe I should say, like, masculine folks are the weakest link because mm. there's, like, something to masculinity. It's like, I know. I know you see me. I know you, you're, like, interested and de- right. even des- desire me. But right. Just can't handle being in actual relation with me, and so instead you want to like do this creepy watch thing. What is that? Yeah, yeah. Viewing all the videos and all the stuff. Mm-mm. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. So, so there's been no um like change to the I don't know the process of dating since coming um, into your spiritual practices now. So there was a period where I was divining on everyone that I was interested in. So I would ask my ancestors mm-hmm. and pull cards to be like, is this person worth my time? Um, more recently, I've been trying to follow my intuition and not pull any mm-hmm. cards and just see how I am with discerning uh, on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was doing that and I don't know. I feel like whether I'm pulling cards or discerning, I just don't. I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just the air. I just be confused. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting process, I feel like. And then also this weird thing of people, um, I don't know. I hope it's not true, but sometimes I feel like people want to meet me or even engage in sex or whatever just because of the personality or what they see or maybe even pedestaling me so sometimes I don't Mm -hmm. even know if it's about me like as who I am Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like I've had more experiences like that like dating as whatever anyone would want to call me Mm -hmm. so it's been kind of lonely I think in that way because I don't really know why you are here Mm -hmm. it's hard Mm -hmm. to tell Yep. I can, I can definitely relate to that. Um, Sometimes I think that, yeah, it's really hurtful when like people think that they, people want to be in a relationship with the mental moment. They don't want to be in a relationship (laughs) with me. You know, (laughs) like, like that I'm showing up for them in this like emotion. Yep. Yep. Emotional caretaker, healer capacity. 
and not like all of who I am. They right. like if I'm falling apart, you know, because people tend to do that no matter their work. Um, okay. That nobody is there to catch me, or like the the physical desire piece is not there because all you want is the emotional desire. Like the, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can yep. definitely relate. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> of being a bad bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's like, oh, so hard when you sexy. Right, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Juju, if it makes it feel any better, like, uh, I think exactly what you were saying about people not wanting to do the work mm-hmm. at, in a spiritual uh, reading or in a, a mental health setting I think a lot of folks also don't want to do the work to have healthy relationships either. Um, or Yeah. Or be healthy in relation Tea. to other people. Tea. Yeah. That's true. So. And, and it, it, it is a lot of work. It is. Yeah. It you don't is. just be, be like, I think you, you cute, I'm cute, let's be cute together. It's like, it's, yeah. Work. It's yeah. work. And mm-hmm. as someone, I've been trying to be intentional about that work because I went through a period not doing the work either. So I get mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you're so right. People don't want to do that work because it brings up mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, you know, yep. when you're with another person. It brings up your internal shit. Getting back to why people don't want to go to therapy. Like you yep. said, like, yeah. it brings up stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to deal with that. You want to ignore that. It's it's yeah. how, how to cope. I get it. But yeah. 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 And I know we deserve for me, people doing the work. The more the more I study relationships, because you know I do like couples therapy, and mm-hmm. the more I work on myself in my own personal therapy, like I see to change the way I think about relationships also means I would have to question all of these other models of relationships in my mm-hmm. life, and sometimes that's the hardest Ooh. part of like, damn, my parents had a really jacked up relationship <laughs> and that piece, um, yeah, and so. I think I think I try to approach that with like I don't know like empathy is like the non-judgment of like that's what they knew to be okay and it's okay for me to find another normal to find another level of health and stability in relationships and hopefully you know the generations after me will be like okay girl you was doing that but um this this is the new (laughs) yes yeah this the improved version right right yeah (sighs) <sighs> oh my gosh well Juju that's all my questions for you Thank I just you. right now I just want to gush and tell you how much I love you and I love you um, too. you know I be I be on your page all the time double tapping and yes <laughs> and I Juju okay um, I just yeah I just love you so much I'm so um, thankful to know you in this you. Uh, life Likewise. and Likewise. yes thank um, you so and I'm much. so glad that uh, queer walk listeners who might not uh, have known about you before, which they should, because I mention you almost every episode. <laughs> uh, know know you and can hear your voice now. Can you tell them where they can find you on all the things? Yes, um, you can find me on Instagram at it's Juju Bay I T S J U J U B A E, or you can follow my podcast page at a little Juju Podcast spelled out. You can hit me on my website it's jujubay.com. I'm Juju Bay on Facebook, but I don't really be getting on there. 
And yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I want to say thank you to you two. I love the show. I listen to every episode. I love you and Nikita's relationship. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for pouring into me. Thank you for inviting me on one of my favorite podcasts. Like oh this God, is a big deal to me. So I'm just, I love your mental moments. I love everything that you do. Like I learned so much from you just as you learn from me. So I see you out here and definitely sending love and I share in prayers to you always as well. Oh, thank, thank you. you. I'm glad we can like do this cycle of pouring into each yes. other. Yes. <laughs> it's important. That's how we're yeah. gonna make it through. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, All right. Well, thank you, Juju. Of course, thank you. <laughs> Have a good one. Alrighty. So I really hope that you all enjoyed that interview I did. I had so I just had so much fun. I had such a good time listening to it. It just reminds me of that um, that silly little meme where that person sitting on the floor in front of um, a little banner of other people, and it's like how I feel when I'm listening to a podcast. And I know that me and Money are friends in real life, but um, it was just so much fun. I just enjoyed listening to that interview. It did feel like. I was sitting in the living room uh, listening with two of my uh, best homegirls. So uh, thank you so much, Money, for, you know, carving the time out while I was on the rig um, to, you know, take the time out to have that interview and that discussion with uh, Juju. It was so, so, so good. And I enjoyed it so much. So before I close out, I want to do, I'm inspired by Money's last solo episode where she did the Tumblr cake questions. So I felt like, I felt like a kid. I was like, well, I want to do the cake questions too. So I'm going to close out in a little topic segment and I'm going to answer the Tumblr cake questions. All right. So chocolate cake. First question is, do you like the rain? I fucking love the rain. I just, ew, it's actually, I feel like it's actually my favorite weather. It's just, it's just so calming is so soothing i just love especially like being in my apartment on a rainy day and it's just i love the sound of the rain you know just like the pitter patter of the rain against the window i love like the overcast gloomy grayness um of the clouds when you know when it's raining so suffice it to say to answer new additions question i indeed can stand the rain all right Next question, Red Velvet, what is your favorite food? I feel like this changes for me, but I think I'm going to say, I feel like I have a number of like favorite foods, but when I was listening to Money uh, read the question, I think the first food that popped in my head is, I love Indian food generally, but God damn it, do I love a samosa. Mm, I just, I just love a samosa. And yeah, so I think it's a tie between Actually, now that I think about it, I think I love anything stuffed, any kind of savory stuffed thing. You know, I love a taco. I love an empanada. I love a samosa. I don't know. It's just so yummy. Just so good. It's kind of like a little surprise, right? Because it's like, you know, it's wrapped in something and then there's a savory, yummy, delicious treat on the inside. Anyway, carrot cake. What is uh, your favorite app on your phone? Well, y'all know I'm 70, so I don't even really like apps. But I think my new favorite app on my phone these days is the Marco Polo app. 
uh, my friends, uh, Money and Sequoia, <laughs> get real mad because we're in a little Marco Polo group situation. Oh, yeah, it's not a group chat if it's Marco Polo, is it? Anyway, they tease me because I call it the Marco Polo app. And I'm like, if Megan can be the Megan the Stallion, then it can be the Marco Polo app. Um, I think sometimes, you know, you really don't have the time to like, especially like when I was on night shift, it's like, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting home at like, you know, six in the morning. I'm getting off at like six in the morning and ain't nobody up, but you know, I can send a little, I can send a little video on the Marco Polo app and I can still, you know, it's a way to stay connected to the people I love and that I'm closest to. So I just got hip to that app. I'm feeling very 21st century, very hip, very in the now because I'm on the Marco Polo app. So I think that's my new, it's one of my favorite apps on the phone. Um, okay. So that was carrot cake moving on to coffee cake, a book that reminds you of your childhood. I think I'm going to go with, y'all know them little American girl book series. I'm going to go with them little Addy books. I don't know. That just, that just reminds me so much of my childhood. My mama uh, got me them little Addy dolls and I sure did have them little Addy books. So I don't even know if, did I read them? Yeah, I did read them. I think my mom, I think my mom made me uh, read them to her, actually. Anyway, that's something that just, uh, yeah, those are books that remind me um, of being a wee young lass. All right, moving on. Sponge cake. Uh, what is my favorite accessory? Hmm, I think I got two for this one. So I love a good watch. I'm like really into watches these days. I love a good stylish watch, but I also love, um, I also wear this watch at work. It's not cute or anything, but um, it's just purely functional because I, I can't be having my phone sometimes on jobs. It's just it's just so functional, and it's just such a throwback. You know, we all using our we're all used to using our phones, you know, as a clock, as some kind of timekeeping device. But something about it feels old school. Y'all know, you know, I'm an old school ass bitch, so I lo- I just love a good watch for functional reasons and for aesthetic reasons i feel like a good watch will make a you know it really can make an outfit pop and it's so funny um because i was on instagram the other day and i saw this uh picture of some masculine lesbian i don't know why we all love this but why do we all love uh a fully buttoned up shirt with a necklace over it that's i I love a good uh a good necklace Anyway, it's not just that I love a necklace, but I specifically again love it in that in that uh in that queer style where you have your buttoned up shirt buttoned all the way to the top and you got, you know, the necklace over it. So, a watch and a necklace. I think that those are uh, my favorite accessories. All right, moving on to marble cake. Favorite time of day. Mm, I really become a morning person. My absolute favorite time of day is kind of like what money said but I feel it for um instead of night like the very early morning like sunrise like I just think it's just I just love the stillness and the peacefulness of it and I just think that there's nothing more gorgeous nothing more serene and beautiful than you know catching you know that first light of dawn I don't know that that's that's something in my older and you know in my older days I just have a deeper appreciation for so like yeah sunrise and just like those early 
the early part of, um, just like the really early part of morning. I love the way that, you know, the dew just lightly sets on the grass. And sometimes there's like the hanging and the lingering of fog. Ah, it's just so gorgeous. Just so gorgeous. All right. Moving on to cupcake. Do you enjoy swimming? Well, I do. And the only reason why I enjoy swimming is because I used to live with my grandma when I was, um, when I was eight years old, I lived with my grandma and my grandma was like, one thing she was so adamant about was that she's like, oh, you're going to get in some swimming lessons. And I think since then I've, I've really enjoyed the water. It's just so funny because I was telling somebody the other day that I felt totally remiss by the fact that I did not get to swim at all this summer. So I love the water. Uh, yeah, I love swimming. I just love being near water. Um, it's just such, again, it reminds me of like my favorite time of day. It just feels so serene. It just feels so nice. So yes, I do in fact enjoy swimming. All right, Brownie, uh, a band or artist that you used to like, but don't like anymore. Hmm. Um, I think I'm gonna stick to the rap front and I mean, I was never like a huge Nicki Minaj fan, but I did, you know, used to like, I used to like her music and I just find her completely and utterly insufferable as time has gone on so I'm just like she's just another one where I'm just like whoa girl you know you've just turned into a grade a hefty mess so mm -mm. no thank you I can I can pass on uh Nicki Minaj she's just just too much um of a hot mess um for me she just has said all kinds of nonsense and I'm just like girl mm -mm. no thanks all right fruitcake uh, that's so funny for me as a stark raving homosexual. All right, what is my favorite holiday? Well, I think because I'm a kind of a closet narcissist, I love Christmas. Not because I have any, you know, reverence for, you know, any kind of faux white Jesus or anything like that. But it's my birthday and I just love, I don't know, I feel like, I don't know when I became some like middle-aged white woman. I'm just thinking about all the stuff that I've been talking about. I just really love the time of year. I just I just love the poinsettias. You know, I just love tinsel. I love the garland, the trees. I just love the smells and the feels of um of that time of year. It really it really does feel like the most wonderful time of year to me. And I think mainly it's again because I'm a narcissist and it's just, you know, it's just the time of year around my birthday. Um I don't know, and it's like especially living upstate Cause I lived in Texas for most of my life. So, you know, I ain't never had no uh, white Christmas, but just living up this way, it could just be so picturesque. I don't know. It's just such a lovely um, time of year. Just the color, the color scheme. I love the smells and it's just such a cozy, wonderful time of year. And then, you know, it rolls right into um, New Year's. I don't know. I just love the, the festivities and the warmth and the coziness. Oh my God. Oh my God. And can we please talk about holiday music? I love holiday music, uh, Christmas music. Um, especially, you know, the black classics when it comes to, um, when it comes to the holidays, my favorite Christmas song, I don't know why, but I just love the depressing Christmas songs. My favorite Christmas song of all times is the emotions. What do the lonely do at Christmas? It don't matter if I'm in the best mood of moods if I'm in the best spirits 
I can, you know, be ba-da-da-da, boot up, and just something about what do the lonely do at Christmas. I don't know why that's just my favorite song. What's that little one? The little Destiny's Child? I'm so in love. Doesn't it feel like Christmas? Doesn't it feel like Christmas? Oh, that's just such a bop. Uh, oh my, y'all, no, don't even get me started on Luther and all his wonderful Christmas jams. Oh my God, Lord, rest that man's soul. You know, I, y'all got me talking about uh, music and Christmas and Luther. Now I don't even remember what the hell I'm talking about with these cakes. Oh, oh yeah, the favorite time of year, the holidays. So suffice it to say, after I've, uh, you know, probably gone on about 10 minutes talking about Christmas, um, my favorite holiday is my birthday slash Christmas. Uh, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Alrighty. I hope I did all right uh, doing this by myself. Uh, Money said that if it wasn't up to her standards, then she said that she said that she would not be afraid to rip this episode down because y'all know at the end of the day who really uh, runs this show. And y'all know Money really runs um, a tight ship. So Anyway, hopefully the next time y'all hear Queer Walk, the podcast, Money and I will be together. Oh, Lord Jesus. I can't believe Money used to do this goddamn show by herself. Uh, it's just so hard because it's like you ain't got nobody to, you know, kiki and signing board off of. But alas, hopefully I, I made sense. Hopefully I, hopefully I haven't rambled uh, too much. Uh, but hopefully you all have missed me. And even if I do sound like a hot raging mess, uh, I am a hot raging mess that you all have missed. And I will never be as a hot raging mess as J. Cole or Nicki Minaj. You know, one hopes. Anyway, this has been Nikita, your friendly neighborhood, uh, stark raving, um, homosexual, Y'all be sure to send money some love uh, because she is very busy. And in in all seriousness, uh, she's doing a phenomenal job of, you know, making sure that the next generation of therapists, you know, that she's working with and teaching are, you know, not going to be total pieces of shit. And that is important. Anywho, uh, like I said, this has been Nikita, your friendly neighborhood Stark raving homosexual and this has been a queer walk the podcast and uh i'm out